I guess a good place to start is yeah. is can you talk a little bit about your hackathon now? I I what I was researching as about hack the police, but from your profile I've seen that's that is a part of something a little bit bigger, right? A bigger community. So um yeah, so in fact we started with Hack the Police. Um and then we created Police Rewired afterwards. And and really the idea was that um out of the hackathon came some of these really interesting projects um around you know public safety um trying to fix that um the interactions that people have with police and trying to find better ways to do things and we wanted to to be able to help those projects to survive you know out of the hackathon and then turn into you know some kind of really interesting ongoing civic tech project so we created police rewired afterwards um and the the idea was that it, it's basically um not even really an organization i guess it's more um it's more an idea of something that people can can you know get into like a community it's a community where uh where people can then support the projects and look after them afterwards and it gives that sort of sense of continuity after the hackathon so that people can be a part of police rewired and the project can be supported by police rewired and then organizations that might want to interact with it sort of have an understanding of of something that they're interacting with like a, a body even though really basically all i am is fronting for those teams to help them create those relationships does that make sense yeah no totally totally and why why is it necessary that's really interesting so um Police technology is not their strongest suit. <laughs> it's the the easiest way of putting it. Um, there are so many interesting ways to build tools that make life easier for people who need help and people who want to help them and build ways for communities to interact with police services and for ways for communities to help themselves and re, you know all the all the interesting stuff around reducing crime that isn't policeman shows up at your door and makes an arrest um those aspects of policing never really been served by technology they're always just slightly too small for a big procurement project and uh, and so they kind of just never really got dealt with so we wanted to create a space where you could show off um a bright new idea in public safety in keeping people safe in finding new ways to do things and the goal really was that the strength of the ideas would show that maybe there are other ways to develop software develop tools look at explore new technologies that don't have to be staggeringly expensive and then because they're not so expensive maybe they can get picked up by police forces by uh, community groups all those sorts of things and what is the relationship what is the feedback from these kind of police groups are they open to and i i know you work in the government digital service so you kind of have i believe you have some inside scoop right <laughs> not really so i'm okay. um i'm a civil servant Okay. And I'm a software developer. Um, 
So I guess our our relationship with uh, a few forces has been kind of interesting. They've been interested in some of the projects that have come out of the hackathon. And I think last year the Met Police came and they were they were really supportive of the hackathon in London. The year before that, we worked a little bit with the Met and a lot with uh, Lincolnshire. They were really interested. Um, they've got they've got I think a really interesting futures team that looks at new ways of doing things. So um, kind of I guess a part of my goal is to be sort of relationship building between um, the teams and the developers. And there's a you know civic tech community out there that you must have interacted with loads. Um, and I really what I want to do is for police to sort of enter the world and enter the minds of civic tech developers. Um, Because at the moment, I think civic tech has got really strong lines around, you know, open government and open democracy and all those sorts of things. I'd really love for public safety to be another civic tech category. Um, So with that in mind, we've also got a reasonably good relationship with the College of Policing now. They've been... um, they've been really interested in some of the things that we're doing and some of the things that we're doing, they're looking at um, doing for themselves as well. So sort of reaching out into civic tech communities and um, engaging with, they're doing a lot of work engaging with frontline staff around sort of innovations, how to do things better, how to, how to do things um, the way people expect police to do things rather than the way they have, they've always been done, you know? Yeah. Do you believe that this model of bringing a community of really passionate people together through a hackathon is the future of how civic tech and the police force is going to develop new technologies? That's a really good question. Um, Yes, with some caveats. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> um, so it's a really, really good way to do prototyping and to test out new ideas in a re- you know really short cycle, you know, one weekend, all that kind of thing. Um, the the problem is that when police develop technology, they they take the idea and then they um, they start a procurement process, and that procurement process could take several months and will involve several large companies competing to be allowed, you know, the contract to build the thing. And through all of that, through all all of sort of, you know, government procurement processes, a lot of the idea and a lot of the spark gets lost. So there's a really interesting, important piece around figuring out how to get those teams and elevate them, you know, from the hackathon, elevate them to to a place where they can actually, you know, work on their product themselves and get paid for it and then you know turn it into something real and i think that's going to be a really interesting way it's not going to solve like all the you know major tech infrastructure problems and the huge projects that are just too complex for a hackathon team but it is going to solve like maybe 100 different smaller problems that people have that you couldn't ordinarily you know do a procurement process to to bring to life. I I definitely agree with you. And I am seeing a pattern between 
teams wanting to take it forward and basically these are just volunteers really and they mm. even if you don't pay the volunteers themselves you know it's technology so they are like if you're hosting costs and if you're using all these different type of things there's there's costs that add up and finding mm. a funding model to keep these projects sustainable and and i think this is this is just a common open source issue right would, yeah. would you have to for stuff like that to work would you have to find sponsors to continue the best projects so i think for uh i think we're, we're kind of at that stage where i have to figure out a good answer to this um but i think probably it will very much depend on the project so there's a there's a chance that in the future we might for instance to take a project and um put it in the hands of the police force if they can figure out a better way to do procurement so they can get hold of these things instead of having to run a whole process to, to make it happen. Um, but then, yeah, absolutely, some other projects, it might be more suitable for them to stay outside the police, and for, for them to be, you know, civic tools. And in that case, uh, sponsorship is one option. Um, but we might, for instance, be able to make them in some way profitable. I don't know, because, you know, for public safety, there's, you know, all sorts of interesting problems with trying to make money off of it. Um, we might be able to uh, apply for grants or funding, depending on the nature of the program. Um, or we may find that there are um, other civic groups out there. So um, there are street watch schemes, for instance, where um, volunteers will look after a patch of their neighbourhood um, and things like that. And some of those schemes um, have a subscription or payment or sponsorship model of their own. And so they might, for instance, be able to employ a piece of tech if that was going to help them to do their jobs better. It's really difficult to say because um, because we've only really been running a couple of years and we've only this year got some projects with teams around them that we might be able to take all the way. And what was the feedback from the partic participants? Are you finding a lot of people are really interested in civic tech? Because uh, I asked that question because when we talk about technology, or at least when the media talks about technology, especially here in London, they're talking about fintech, they're talking about insurtech, prop tech, all these different types of techs, except civic tech, except gov tech. We don't, the media is not really talking about these sectors of technology. That's a really interesting question. So certainly, uh, certainly from our participants, I really got a strong vibe of, you know, um, excitement about doing something that was going to, you know, that could help people. Um, you're right. Um, I don't see much talk about GovTech and civic tech in, in the media. Um, that's a shame because I think there could be some really interesting conversations to be had. There is... Um, there is a strand of it that occasionally appears where people start talking about smart cities or people start talking about environmental tech, things like that, um, which I guess crosses over into um, civic tech. But you're right, um, public safety tech, I don't think, is even a part of the language. And do you think it will evolve, especially over time? Because especially with things changing now... Uh, 
governments changing administrations and kind of philosophies changing globally, do you feel this is a space that's just ripe for growth? The answer is I don't know. Um, I think there's... um, you know, there's there's open source software movements and there are civic tech movements and they're not going to go away. Like, there are still all the passionate people and there will be more passionate people coming out of universities, you know, um, full of really good ideas that, that want to take these things forward. I can't relate it at the moment to sort of government policy. That doesn't... I can't... I think maybe I just don't know enough about the trends and the way things are going. I've really only been playing this game a couple of years. So um, I have this goal in my head around, you know, police tech and public safety tech becoming a part of civic tech and being a sort of, you know, um, a matter of public interest. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Open, it's software. Sorry? It's interesting because... As you talk, I'm thinking about, oh, where have I ever seen anything on the TV about civic tech or public safety tech? And the mm. only cases I really that really comes to mind is using cameras and facial recognition and mm. border, like, stuff at the borders, like UK border or American border, like border, I don't, I don't know what they would call it, just like border technology, I guess. But there's there there currently is not really a ecosystem around around that, and what I loved about your hackathon and your community is that I think that you can be a central part in that, especially when for some reason nobody is really interested in this particular space. And <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's um, it's taken us a few years to grow the community to a size where um, a project could get started and then some more people could jump on and so on and so forth. So I think it's... It's difficult to connect the people who have an interest in this stuff. Um, I'm actually... um, To a degree not particularly interested in the big stuff like, you know, border technology or live facial recognition and things like that. They strike me as um, not the kind of project that would fire up a group of volunteers. So I'm a lot more interested in the things that are helping people to feel safer in their own homes or to... uh, to take steps to uh, build better relationships in their communities, or um, it it feels like a different class of project. I'm I'm, I'm sort of running out of the right words to to describe (laughs) what I mean. And you, you kind of touched on something that I thought was interesting about, you touched a little bit about universities and when you were speaking about universities, I was wondering, when people go to university, they're encouraged to work for the Googles and the Facebooks. Open source doesn't really come to mind. Or even communities that um, like yours are not 
maybe the universities don't know about them maybe it's not on the radar but do you feel that you can have a, a an important role to the development of students and basically citizens as a whole I would love to be able to have the time and resources <laughs> to reach out to students and say, look, you can take part in this and you can shape it. And there will come a time when there will be enough people that we won't just be building some nice tools, but we'll also be um, influencing policy and how things are done. As yet, I have to go to my day job, nine to five, <laughs> and then come home in the evenings and try try and do organizing so it's um it's something for the future but it's something i'd really like to be able to do and yeah you you speak about and i think there it's a similar thing for a lot of organizers no a lot of community organizers they have their day job and they're just mm. so dedicated to whatever the cause is they will come home and try to organize with other people in a similar situation as them do you feel that this can grow? Would would you want this to be your day job? Um, that would be lovely. Yeah. Um, it would be it would be lovely to be able to do this full time, but I have to pay the rent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure yet we're in a position where there's really a good funding stream for the way I work. Yeah, or the things I'm trying to do. So there's a degree to which we're kind of going to have to prove ourselves. Yeah. And then um, maybe after that, we can apply for funds to continue what we're doing for the community or become, um, become that group that sits between um, civic tech and policing or, or something. There's, you know, there's, there's models that haven't really even had time to to think through about how we could how we could exist in the future and for other people that are interested in organizing events do you feel that you spoke about the time factor do you feel that it's very rewarding to to organize those events yeah it is um it's wonderful and you meet amazing people and you meet people you would never ordinarily meet in your day job or, you know, through your friend networks or anything like that. Um, and those people are all brilliant and they're doing brilliant things. So it's totally worth it just for that. And with the participants, it's, it's always interesting to hear the types of participants that came. Was your Was your event developer heavy? Was it unusually unusually heavy in non-technical developers or non-developers what what was the kind of mix of participants that you had gender age ethnicity that's good that's a really good question um so i don't actually have any stats to hand but i can tell you what what it felt like to me so i think um like in terms of the gender split i think probably we were about maybe a quarter women, three quarters men, which is not ideal because really we're aiming for half, half, but, um, it was kind of, it was kind of a better mix than I thought we were going to get. Um, in terms of like the people that come, we were, um, we were, I think largely developers. Um, 
there's a real there's a real thing that happens when you tell police officers that people are going to listen to them about their ideas about how things can be better um and they flood you so we sort of deliberately winched back on places for police officers which i think worked out really well in the end i think we had like maybe between five and ten police officers so are you are you saying and they were working with developers and things sorry are you saying a lot of police officers wanted to enter the event as participants (laughs) A lot of police officers wanted to come along, um, share their ideas, um, work on a team that was trying to build something. Um, Not many of those police officers also had software development skills, which is kind of why we had to try and balance in favour of software developers and designers. And that's really interesting from the police's, because I would imagine if, the police officers themselves see problems and they want them solved because they just want things to happen better. But I would imagine the system is is kind of constraint in, in funding and all these different issues where, yeah. especially technology, is probably not their highest priority. Right, so police forces are really good at what they do fighting crime, pursuing criminals, all those sorts of things. Um, They are not really set up to be software houses. So what tends to happen is um, forces themselves very slow to respond to police officers with ideas about how they could do things better. Those police officers keep those ideas in their heads and just go about their, go about their business. And then every once in a while, there's, there's a call from some group or another Maybe it's ours. Maybe it's an internal uh, internal group that are trying to shake things up. Something like that. And they they literally just flood their ideas. So, for instance, um, the College of Policing at the moment are running a collecting scheme, for want of a better word. So they're collecting ideas from police officers about how things could be better. It's not just tech ideas. It's um, it's broadly speaking just how policing could be better. They just, they just, it's basically, it's almost free form. It's like, what's your idea? Submit it. And I think in the last month, they've had about 300 submissions because there are just so many good ideas out there in police officers' heads and no other way for them to get these things done. And this in particular is interesting because I feel it's like, it's a common theme across a lot of industries that are really not traditionally tech-infused. So, you know, the Googles, the Amazons, the Netflixes, they kind of know how to codify innovation. They know how to take an idea and kind of scale that. But when you talk, if you're going to talk about the food industry or you're going to talk about the retail industry or even the, the government the government services... They don't quite know how to handle innovation. Is is that an observation that you would say is accurate? I think so. I think some some organisations, yeah, as you say, are better at it than others, and there are the traditional tech infused ones. I'd actually count government digital service as one of the more tech uh, infused services. The so government digital service was founded by a number of um tech industry folk who um for whatever excellent reasons found their way into government 
Um, but you're absolutely right. And I think police forces have this huge challenge ahead of them to adapt and become nimble in the face of technology changing almost every day, you know? Yeah. It, 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 encourage me, it encourages me the role communities and hackathons can play in kind of this kind, this kind of outsource R&D hubs. So nowadays, these all these big banks, they have their their labs where they're trying to build fintech startups. But maybe these kind of hackathons like yours could almost be something similar for all these other industries. Is that something that you see the hackathon? I, I say the hackathon industry, but hackathons as a whole, do you see them going in that direction? Maybe I think um, I think we're seeing you know we're seeing lots of hackathons that have really good strong relationships with industry with companies or specific companies whether or not they run their own or they you know they farm them out to a hackathon company like <laughs> an eventual company um, yeah absolutely there's there's a real opportunity for you know police forces up and down the country to hold a hackathon, try out some ideas, um, do all those sorts of things. But again, at the moment, they're still just learning about it. Yeah. And that's that's what that's what inspired me to do the podcast and do the blog, to push it out there and kind of show people, oh, this is what's going on literally all across the world, all these different communities, all these different organisations are trying to solve problems. And these, this is the hackathon structure is a pretty solid way of trying to solve problems without any high cost or high commitment. So I, I definitely thank you for all the work you're doing. And my last question would be more on the participant side. If somebody is interested in civic tech or policing and they're not too confident in their abilities or whether they can contribute to to hackathons what tips would you give them i love that question i don't think it necessarily applies only to policing because i think you should go to a hackathon um without um already having background knowledge or you know expert knowledge of the domain you should come and, and one of the big goals of hackathons is to bring in fresh thinking and, and new ideas. So uh, don't worry too much about not knowing anything about policing because there will be problem statements and there will be police officers to talk you through how policing is currently done and where those opportunities are to do it better. Um, but if you want to learn a little bit about um, software development, uh, there are plenty of hackathons that will support you through that. And ours is one of them. So if you want to come along and you just want to try something out, um, maybe that something has a policing theme to it. It doesn't have to solve the world's greatest problem, but it could be your first attempt. That's great. Um, and if you're interested in uh, learning a little bit more about software development, um, one, of the, one of the projects we've got on at the moment, Police Rewired, is uh, a study group for Python. And in fact, we're using materials that were released by the NSA in America under a freedom of information request. So um, 
curses. I've forgotten his name. Anyway, some chap, uh, some chap on the Twitters uh, submitted a freedom of information request to the NSA for their Python training materials. What he got back was uh, their full internal training course. So he scanned it, popped it up on the web, and uh, at the end of March, we're running a study group to look at all of that material and to learn Python from scratch as beginners. So um, one piece of advice I could I could offer people would be that if you want to, come along to our study group. No, that 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 will be amazing. I definitely encourage <laughs> everybody to join the study group. What you're doing is amazing. I, I'm always inspired by all the community organizers. I think over time, the tech industry has developed uh, probably not the best name, especially as over time went on. But one thing that I see consistent is the intent for developers and small communities to want to do good and want to solve problems. And Police Through Wired is a great example of that, along with many, many other other communities across the world. So I just wanted to thank you for sharing your insight about your hackathon and hackathons as a whole. Thank you.